you know, we joke about um, crotch goblins and stuff, but I think that man would genuinely crank out a crotch goblin. Yeah, probably. <laughs> now, you guys don't need to know who we're talking about because it's none of your fucking business, but... Yeah, we had a good laugh. You know, that's the thing with podcasts. It's, it kind of is their business now. You know what I mean? Not really. Not when the person's not in the room. None of their concern, right? Oh, you're right. This is, this is true. I, uh, I woke up kind of late yesterday. Yeah. Um, well, later than usual, right? It wasn't anything absurd. But, like, I had that, like, feeling. You know, that Saturday sort feeling? Yeah. Where it's, like, kind of sunny out, but it's still, like, 40 degrees, and you're, like, driving over to the catch. This is pecan pie. What's up? This is pecan pie. No. Oh, by the way, uh, listeners, we're doing another uh, soda, strange soda test. It's not pecan pie. But, uh, but yeah, yeah like yesterday was one of those moments where I was like, damn, like I kind of miss Saturday sorts. And I like texted the group where it was you, me, and Phil, and I was like, happy, happy Saturday sort, motherfuckers. Yeah, and Appens happens to be my first Saturday off in like um, two wow. months or whatever. What, what kind of flavors are you getting out of the soda? Pecan pie. Pecan pie. Okay, maybe that'll change because it is not pecan pie. Interesting. I'll Interesting. tell you that I'm not exactly crazy about it. Yeah, it's, it's not like um, the previous one where I think we were both like, mm. yeah, that was like, a, yeah, we should order some more of that. This is like, eh, I mean, yeah, it's not fuck awful, like my, nightmarishly awful. I'm, I'm getting, um, so I know what the flavor is, but I'm getting like Tootsie Roll flavors out of it. Tootsie Roll. Tootsie Roll. Sorry, guys. Um, I don't know about that, Gabe. Hold on, nope. another sip. T- take another sip, see what you think. I think you got to get past like the bubbliness and like the aeration, and like see see what it is. Any thoughts? Oh, he's thinking. He's thinking. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't get past pecan pie. You can't get past pecan pie. No, I guess we'll have to. We'll I'll have to explore a little bit throughout the remainder sure. of the podcast. Well, well, we got uh, we got two big segments before we get to podcast games. So yeah, we good stuff. yeah fatty fat boy segments, fatty fat boys. Oh yeah. All right, so uh, Gabe, are thou ready? Yes. I'm sorry if you heard my laugh and have disrupted the intro because I asked Gabe in the middle of it, I'm like, what episode is this? And Gabe's like, uh, uh, I'm seeing 142. Okay. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids podcast, episode number 143. Or is it 42? 42. Because 41 was lemon meringue pie. Okay, because that was the last one. Then we did. why do we have one forty three? You know what notes? it is because we skipped a week, and I think like one of us instinctively like went and like changed the thing. Oh, uh, okay, that I makes think sense. that's what it was. Yeah, I, I, I might have to. I'm gonna cut that out. Um, you and I talking during the <laughs> intro because I'm sure that's annoying. But uh, yeah, so welcome back to the episode of 142 of the Second City Kids podcast. How was your week, Jacob? It's it was okay. It, Good last, stuff. Last two weeks, obviously, we took the week off because post Thanksgiving, my never mind, I'm not gonna try to get in trouble. But post Thanksgiving, we made decisions that weren't a great idea, so uh, I had forced forced me to work. Was all I'm gonna say. I gotcha. And uh, so yeah, I took the week off, and I figured wouldn't be ideal to try to sneak you in in the middle of the week. I had Wednesday off, but I'm like, I'm just trying to fucking zone out. <laughs> yeah, I played Dungeons and Dragons on Wednesday, buddy. So oh, every Wednesday. Yeah. Every Wednesday for how long? Pretty consistently. Uh, for Well, not for the past five years, if that's what you're getting at with okay. this podcast. <laughs> oh, just, okay. Okay. Fair enough. All righty. Cool, cool, cool. So, uh, yeah, we are back, and uh, week was fine. Gabe, how was your week? Uh, uh, it was all right. Got tattooed this week. What'd um, you get? I got 
some arrows tattooed on my bicep. Uh, I I'd show you, but I'm wearing a long sleeve, so I got to oh. take my stuff off. Too much we're work. Not those kind of friends. Absolutely. But not. um, yeah. Uh, other than that, it was a pretty productive week. I hit my first weight goal, so we're 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 slimming down. Nice. And uh, and yeah, man, the cocaine really helps. You know, curb <laughs> the appetite. <laughs> Uh, wouldn't yeah, be wouldn't we, be a pie without Gabe making some kind of inappropriate remark. Anyway, it was uh, it was a pretty average week, but we got a beefy agenda because usually when we skip, uh, shit stacks up. Yeah. So let's get right into it. Talk to me about Hasbro. So Hasbro requires uh, Death Row Records, the the what the rap record. Uh, oh yeah, the the one that did like Tupac and fucking oh. uh, Snoop Dogg and all those fucking guys in the nineties. Hasbro, huh? Yeah, Hasbro. The, uh, does the, that mean we're gonna get like fifty cent action figures? I'm hoping it gets it gives us like fucking Monopoly, fucking Monopoly, Gangsta Monopoly, and you could be be like Tupac or whoever the fuck is like little get hit in the drive by. Yeah, lose six hundred dollars. Yeah, so I don't know. Again, I I didn't look too deeply in it. I just thought that the headline enough was. Uh, absurd. So I'm like, fuck it. Let me throw it on the agenda and see what Gabe has. To think you know, I, I saw again. this here, and I thought that like Hasbro got their hands on like some Texas like death row like criminal records, not the label. And I was no. like, what are the what kind of fucky board game are they making? <laughs> but no, the record label, huh? Yeah. So again, I I don't know. I didn't look too deeply into it because why would I? Uh, like I said, but the the headline drew me to it. So I'm like, let me put that All on right. there. And see what Gabe has. Yeah, Gabe felt about it. Okay, good stuff. Sure. So uh, we got a new Yu-Gi-Oh! competitive rule for uh, all formal competitive Yu-Gi-Oh! tournaments. Uh, you must shower and use deodorant. Um, it is officially in there. And, you know, we always joked about how these places get sweaty and smelly and, you know, crusty Cheeto fingers everywhere. Well, it's not going to stop them from getting sweaty. Right. It just won't make it as unpleasant to right. get sweaty. But now it is an official rule that you must bathe and use deodorant. Because I guess it was getting fucking out of hand. <laughs> and if your odor is offensive, you may be disqualified. Well, for fortunately or unfortunately for those gentlemen who play in those things, it might be like one of the six baths they take all year. So, I mean, I guess it really depends on the player, you know, because I mean, you and I played to some extent and our personal hygiene isn't that bad. It isn't horrible. <laughs> no, it's not bad at all. But, you know, I think it really depends on the player. But I think that it's hilarious that the guys at, uh, you know, Konami had to fucking put their foot down and be like if you smell enough is enough <laughs> enough is enough now yeah. we got to get uh the magic guys on board um at, like the wizards of the coast as a whole on board and the kublai khan fans on board <laughs> <laughs> why are you always taking shots at kublai khan no, I'm, just, I'm just playing i'm yeah, just playing. always always those type of type of statements to kublai khan disrespectful good stuff let's talk some movies tvs and books so uh disney plus finally added a resume watching button Sweet. took them like 10 days to do it, which is a bit absurd because mm-hmm. whenever I'd scroll over to Phil of the Future, I'd, I'd have to fucking, pick, you know, find the episode I left off on, which is so, like, archaic. Yeah, that's cool. pretty hardcore. Yeah, about time. I mean, uh, that's you would think, you would think, in theory, that this would be one of those things that, like, oh, yeah, give them a resume watching or continue watching button. But uh, do you think that they purposely left it out initially? I would hope not because why would... What, what, well, because think about it, right? Because now people are like, oh, well, Disney's like actively like learning and improving their like service, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, but it also makes them look incredibly inept to begin with. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's also a point. I'm just kind of curious as to why that wasn't included initially. Uh-huh. I'm trying to find a reason. And I, I mean, I don't think Disney Plush was like plush. plush. <laughs> I don't think Disney Plus was that rushed, right? <laughs> Disney Plush. I like that. Yeah, like, I don't think they were like struggling to like get it out. I feel like we got the announcement like early on. And then we waited probably close to a year before we got it, right? Sounds about right. 
Yeah, I don't know. That's a little funky. I don't know. Like I said, if anything, it makes them look worse. I don't know. Do you, Disney? Do you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, right. they don't need any any of our advice to fucking uh, make more money. All right. Speaking about Disney, The Mandalorian finally dethrones Stranger Things as the most streamed original. Um, we have three seasons of Stranger Things. We have, what, four episodes of The Mandalorian out? Five. Now. Five. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And now I speak for the person who's been keeping up actively with the Mandalorian, which I don't keep up actively with really much of anything outside of sports when it comes to like TV related stuff. Uh, I love it. It's absolutely fantastic. And I was telling uh, Adriana, it was a good problem to have when you want more. I think that's probably the best, the biggest um, compliment you can give to like a streaming, you know, on the internet kind of a situation where you're like, I just want more. I want more of it. So um, apparently they pushed back. Um, the date in which they dropping they dropped the show because they have a tie-in with the new movie. Okay, uh, and they don't want to potentially spoil what's going on in the next movie. Interesting, uh, interesting. So the, yeah, because I think it was coming out on Wednesdays, and now it's out on Thursdays. So Thursdays are usually when movies come out. So imagine before. Um, you know, before the episode, they're like, "Hey, there's a spoiler or something related to the." Yeah, uh, watch the movie. The first. movie. If you don't want it to get anything ruined, watch the movie first, which is also kind of a nice little. Um, what's the one for? Uh, World building advertisement. Oh yeah, for the movie. Be like, oh, check out the movie. Good if, stuff. Good c- stuff. Because you could potentially get something spoiled for you. Me personally, I have been uh, diving because um, I have been keeping up with the Mandalorian. It, it makes me want to yearn for more Star Wars stuff. So I've been watching. I watched episodes one and two yesterday. That's uh, good stuff. Yeah, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. We'll say. Attack of the Clones does not deserve the hate that it gets. No, uh, not that bad. Yeah. Uh, okay, so here's a fun little side story. We have a buddy who like literally did a like balls deep Star Wars dive. It was his first time watching any Star or like you know Star Wars property, right? And so he watched all the movies, and he finally caught up today. And so the next thing he's watching is Episode Nine, right? Mm-hmm. And so he had some interesting thoughts and tidbits about everything and just how like oh why is this or why is that? And I'm like, damn, I never really thought about it from mm-hmm. that angle. Like what? What the fuck is this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. And so it's interesting seeing like a grown ass man get into Star Wars for the first time and kind of experience it and live through it because his one of his reactions was like, dude, I fucking hate the ending for episode four. And I was like, what? Episode four? He's like, yeah, I fucking hated that in six. And I was like, now, now that's that's a hot take. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've heard that ever before. Interesting. And um, yeah, so what was the wrong? Oh, Never mind. Okay. I didn't dive too deeply into it. Okay. And, you know, uh, me and me and uh, my buddy Greg. We were just like, well, I don't know, write a letter to fucking George Lucas or go back in time and smack him around a bit, you know? It's <laughs> it's fucking 50 years too late at this point. Correct. But, yeah, I, I'm i going to sit down with him and I'm going to be like, what did you think about every movie? I'm going to jot down some notes and, I don't know, I think it'd be interesting to see it from, like, an outsider's perspective. For sure. Because I'm at this point where I'm like, okay, what what order do I show Elisana? Do I show it chronologically? Do I show Machete him? order. Huh? Machete. Machete order? Yeah. Four, five, uh-huh. two, three, six. Two, three. Two, three, no, oh, fuck, because now we got to count for Rogue One. And Solo. Oh, shit. And Solo. And Solo, yeah, because it used to be a lot easier before Disney was cranking them out. Because Machete Order was four, five, one was optional, two, three, six. So you saw Luke's story, then you saw Anakin's story, and then they both wrapped up together okay. in six. But now we got to count for three more movies in the main line and two more in the sideline. Oh, yeah. fuck me, man. Yeah. So it's kind of hard. Like, do you have better context of what, what everything meant in, in four because of Rogue One? Like, does that add a layer of flavor to the film? 
now that we know what happened in Rogue One. Like, well, well also, we got to, like, account for, like, people's, like, attention span have gotten much shorter over mm-hmm. the years. You know what I mean? Because uh, 4 came out in 1977. I believe so, yeah. And, you know, that was, like, a spectacle at the time because people had never seen something like that. But in a day and age where everything's instant gratification, like, immediate, like, right now type of stuff, and you have Marvel cranking out things like Spider-Man and the Avengers and stuff, it's like, well, what do you show your daughter first to kind of make sure she enjoys it or she at least appreciates it. Right. I mean, I, I mean, start, I guess at this point, it's like you said, um, it's almost like a choose your destiny kind of situation. Cause I guess you could kind of do whatever you want. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love four, but it is a bit of a slow burn. It is. A, it was, it is I mean? one of the slower ones for sure. Yeah. I'd agree with that. But like, it's like necessary it, without a doubt is fucking necessary. Yeah, you can't just hop you know? into. So do you show her a rogue one? Do you show her tagging the clones? Do you show? I guess it depends what age too, you know. Because mm-hmm. if she's like thirteen, yeah. and you show her Attack of the clones, maybe she'd like resonate with like Padme and the Anakin love story. Yeah. But if she's younger and you show her like, oh, I'm trying to think which I saw four first, but I think the one I saw after I saw four five, and I saw one, and then I saw six, and I liked one at the time, and now you know I don't because <laughs> yeah. I'm much wiser. But like, yeah, dude, that's crazy. Yeah, because. Uh because I'm sure the cartoons yeah like the, rebels and clone wars that's an option I'm trying to preserve that that ultimate Luke I am your father I, I'm trying to preserve that for her I don't want her to to know to know when she watches five to know the the, the hook at the end so I'm trying to preserve that the best I can at this point so I'm like I'm kind of tiptoeing around it because she's a baby you know she's two now uh, but she's starting to retain stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And um, she's goo goo gaga and all over the house, bro. Yeah, and I don't want to have her be like, "Oh yeah, I knew that" because we watched it when it was two and a half one time, and I remembered. I'm trying to avoid that. So um, yeah, man, this is like 4D chess right now. You gotta set it up very carefully. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe yeah. maybe you should sit her down and play her one of the more like actiony packed ones. Yeah, like clones, and just see if she'll like sit there for a, a good a better chunk of the movie. And maybe do that over the years, like slowly, just kind of, or maybe even the Mandalorian, dude. Well, she loves it. The Mandalorian. She loves it. She loves it. We all do. Everybody in the house, anytime the Mandalorian comes on, we all sit down on the couch and we watch it. That's awesome, man. So, um, yeah, we love, love the Mandalorian. But yeah, I mean, I guess I have to play it out and, like you said, kind of play 4D chess and strategize on how. No, because like, it, it, in an ideal world, five and six would be, you know, like movies three or four that you show her yeah they'd be towards the middle or towards the end yeah depending because like i said now we gotta account for fucking seven eight nine i'm totally forgetting about those yeah because this wasn't an argument 10 years ago no no it wasn't yeah for sure that's yeah that's it's, it's hard to do because just because of that and um yeah maybe prop it up set up four when she's like a four ish and then give her some time and then so she starts to understand it and because the four is very kitty in nature i don't give a fuck what any, any nerd says those movies are kids movies um, but, and then five, which is the least kitty of them as, oh, she, yeah. as she starts to mature a little bit and understand six is full blown kid too. Cause the Ewoks and all that stuff and Jabba's palace and whatnot, which is kind of just debauchery and fucking, yeah. Yeah. I need me a Jabba's palace yeah, in real for, life, buddy. For sure. And then, yeah, but then again, you go back to where does Rogue One fit into it? Like it's, it's so hard. Well, yeah, it's difficult, man. Yeah. You and I may have to write, write this, strategize this. this and, then, and then, you know, we got to account for like because you can build a puzzle any way you want, right? As long as you get the end picture. But like, where the fuck do you start? Most people start with corners and straight lines mm-hmm. and obvious fits. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, the, the question is, 
when is your daughter going to see the big picture and all this stuff? You know what I mean? She may put together a corner now and a corner then, but in five years time, is she going to know that like the events of rogue one led directly into episode four? Correct. And why Vader was so fucking furious at the beginning of four. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. Like he just saw you speed away and you said, no, not us. (laughs) Yeah. But (laughs) yeah, we didn't do it. (laughs) We didn't didn't do shit. (laughs) You know what I mean? You must be seeing stuff. But um, yeah, so I think we just spent 15 minutes talking about what, how to introduce your daughter to Star Wars and, and preserve the ESB moment that like everybody was waiting for. Yeah, so you know, like I said, you maybe off air, you and I will one day have to like, okay, this is why we should do it. This is the definitive order, and you'll be able to carry it on when you have kids one day. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, right. Be, It'll be, be even harder for my kids because then we're gonna have like 180 hours of content to plow through. You have uh, Bobo's Fat Yoga or something like that. Bobo's Fat Yoga. <laughs> you have to, you have to fucking find a Jamie, way. Jamie, pull that up. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, that was too much to be <laughs> Oh man, oh that's funny. Sorry. Moving on, uh, what is gauging stars' interest? Was that what we just talked oh, about? No, no, no. Actually, because um, we have seen because you we I showed you a poster mid- yes. midpoint last week. I'm like, oh, it's very retro, right? And I think I might have mentioned, or I maybe thought about it in my head. I'm like, she still got Luke's lightsaber, even though that was destroyed at the end of the Last Jedi, right? So I got a couple of things that I thought about because things that we may not have seen in main canon. Or in the movies yet. And I'm wondering what you would be interested in having. Or what in seeing introduced maybe in the new one. Some other projects moving down the line. Obviously the Old Republic would be the first one, right? So I'm sure that's a check on your list. Absolutely. We haven't never actually seen in movies how lightsabers are built. No, I don't think we have. We've gotten snippets of here's how it works. There's an emitter. There's a crystal. But uh, fun fact, in Knights of the Old Republic, you build your own lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, I would love to see that because yeah. it is a big Disney staple at the moment yeah. to, to build your own saber. Right? Absolutely. And I guess they've kind of changed the lore to these these things. It used to be that you would a Jedi would select a crystal based on what they were more like leaning towards. Either they were more of a guardian of the Republic where they were in the more of the blue or they were more force oriented, which would be green. Yeah. And of course the synthetic crystal Sentinels, would be. Sentinels, guardians. Yeah. Um, and Think, I forget the third one. Yeah. And counselors. Yeah. Counselors. There you go. Yeah. And you know, and the, Th- that's straight from the old Republic, by the way. Yeah, I know. Uh, and you know, obviously the red would be synthetic and whatnot, but apparently now Disney's kind of f- fucked around with that a little bit. And the lightsaber changes based on their personality or whatever. You have to like you can't just go and get a synthetic crystal and make it red. Now you have to make a lightsaber crystal bleed in order for it to turn red. And there's like a lot of fuckery with that. Okay. So um I think that there's a couple of different approach approaches because even when Legends was canon, we still didn't have like a unified kind of consensus. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the times it was like Ollivanders where it's like you go into the the crystal cave on Dantooine and the The crystal speaks to you. Yeah, it speaks to you. The one that glows the brightest is the one that's for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it's fine that they're playing around with it and I do kinda like that whole, you know, uh, my chemical romance you got to make the fucking saber crystal bleed yes yeah. is fucking rad as shit yeah <laughs> you know what i mean i think that's pretty cool um they could do whatever they want with it and i just kind of want to see like a standardized approach because like i said uh the way i understood it was seemingly the same way you understood it where you had your blues as the guardians your yellows as the counselors mm-hmm. and your greens as the uh sentinels or whatever the fuck it was yeah. right yeah um but yeah dude like let's just sit down and let's figure this out yeah and I think that's uh, I think I maybe mean, that's something that they're a little afraid of, like kind of to make that commitment. Yeah. 
Because, I mean, Lucas picked the colors he did just to separate the characters. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? There yeah. wasn't, like, any, like, me meaning behind it well, at yeah, the end of the day. Originally, it was blue because blue was was the opposite of red. You know, that's, right. that's, that's, that's typical. And then in... What's it called? Return uh, of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. It was green, so people would distinguish it from the first one. Yeah, no, not not just that, but also during Jabba's palace scene when they're fighting outside, you'll be able to see the oh, you green, see it better against the blue sky. Yeah, the green yeah, contrast to the blue sky. So, um, and then fucking Mace Windu's like, or fucking I call him by his fucking stage name, or uh, Samuel L. Jackson's like, I want purple. George Lucas is like, okay. <laughs> well, I heard he asked for something ridiculous in every movie he works on, but. Uh, and that was his thing for Star Wars. He's like, I want a purple bitch. And he's like, Yeah, sure, we do purple. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I think George Lucas was kind of going with the flow, but I like to see, I like to see something standard because how cool would it be if it was like military rankings? If you saw a dude with like a blue lightsaber on the field, like you knew that he was like heavy-handed, yeah, and he would swing hard and stuff. You know he, what I mean? He was a, a good warrior. Like that's like yeah. the, the classification. That's you know, or if you saw some dude with like a, like a green lightsaber, you'd know to stay as far away from him <laughs> as he possibly could, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that'd be cool. Like, military rankings or, like, something that depicts the wielder. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a little bit interesting. But, yeah, we've never seen it, and I was wondering what your interest on that is. Would you like to see more about Boba moving forward? Boba Fett, would you like to see a little bit more? Yeah, on? of course, dude. Okay, Love Boba Fett. Darth Maul? Yeah, I mean, we, we still, we're still working on Maul with, uh, with the Clone Wars. Yeah. And uh, I love Maul. He's good, but... Mm -hmm. We'll, we'll see that. I want to see more interesting lightsabers, man. Yeah. Like we, Kylo's was probably the most recent interesting one, but aside from the one thing in seven where Ray hit his hilt and he like parried it, mm -hmm. I don't think he's done anything cool with it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's a little bit more of a design thing. Uh, what else? There was a couple other ones I, I thought off the top of my head. Oh, I want to see more on Sidious's upbringing. I think that'd be interesting. Yeah. And even uh, Darth Plagueis. Plag Plagueis. Yeah. It'd be nice yeah, to see Plagueis. Plagueis raid again. That'd be kind of cool. Dathomir. We haven't seen any of Dathomir, really. I think I talked about in, that. In uh, Clone Wars. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about like in, in, in film. In, have, yeah. Yeah. In film, we haven't seen anything like Man, that. Man, you're just buzzing about Dathomir after uh, Fallen Order, huh? Well, yeah. Well, I've always been curious. It's a, it's a cool planet. Yeah. I've always been uh, curious because that's Darth Maul, and Darth Maul is like the most badass guy ever. At least that's what we thought. Oh, wait till you meet his brother, Savage. Yeah, Savage Oprah. Yeah, he's pretty badass too, right? And I just think I'm, I'm curious about the whole thing. So, yeah, I thought those are just some things I wanted to, to bring up, gauging our interest moving forward into the whole Star Wars stuff. All right. Next, we have the Black Widow trailer. Have you seen this? Yeah, I, d I did see it. Um, it looks good. Yeah. But Disney's good at that. Yeah. And you know my thing. That's the whole trailer game. Yeah, uh -huh. for sure. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. It's supposed to be dropping on Disney Plus, right, as another? No, it's a film. Oh, it's a full film? Yeah, it's a film. Okay. So, they, they got that coming out. Um. It looks more grounded than any other, um, you know. And that's loosely. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more grounded than every other, um, what's it called, you know, movie we've had so far. It looks good. I mean, nothing overly the top. I'm glad to see Scarlett back. Scarlett Johansson, I think she's going to be great. Um, you know, I think it's interesting. That's basically all I really have to say about it. <laughs> yeah, um, in addition to that, we got another trailer this week for a movie that we're a little bit more excited for. Absolutely. Uh, no Time to Die, James Bond. Um, first of all, I want to say that I love the part of the trailer He's like, name, Bond. First name. <sighs> he does that sign. He's like, James Bond. Mm -hmm. <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, man, this looks like a little bit more of a personal tale for him because this, that girl that he seemingly walked away with and ended his uh, MI6 career with um, has secrets. Secrets, let's say. And um, it looked really cool. There's looked like a lot of great action suck pieces in there. Rami Malek looks fantastic as the villain. Absolutely. Yeah, he looked really fucking cool. 
And I am super looking forward to this. Uh, the trailer really got me excited. I, mean, I, I was going to see it anyways because I'm a Bond fan and I see all of them. But this looked really fucking cool. Yeah, my, my only concern is, um, you know, I like Rami Malek and I expressed my, my interest in him when he was announced as the villain that I think he'd do a great fucking job. For sure. My thing is just like, where are they going to take this story? Because, you know, Skyfall is like the story of Bond mm-hmm. and like the breakdown of Bond. Mm-hmm. And they've done so many like angles, especially of the Daniel Craig Bond. Mm-hmm. That I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of concerned with, with the approach that they're going to take for this one. Okay, and that's my only concern. Yeah, because like I said, it, it, it's heavily leaned towards the girl that he walked away with at the end of the last one, having secrets, and um, you know, he's going to kind of get wrapped up in her, her shit. And Inspector yeah, uh, was a shit show too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Him not knowing if he can trust her, which at this point, I'm like, you would think Bond would be a pro at not trusting the woman he falls in love with <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. but but it is what it is i guess uh we saw a little bit of christoph waltz he, he's back as bloomfield he's been in all of them no no he was only, the last he was the only first seen inspector that was the first one he was seen in but he was the background he was in the background the whole, the whole time, time. Yeah. yeah so um we got a little bit of that uh he looks pretty cool i mean he got all scarred up from the end of the last one so it looks good and um heavily heavily excited about that good stuff Speaking of things that I'm actually kind of looking forward to. Mulan. Yeah. Have you seen this new Mulan trailer? I actually have not. All righty. So it sets it up very well. Uh, It looks great. You know, visually, it's Disney, so you know it's going to look cool. Uh, They're not going to do any of the music. They're not going to be singing any songs or anything like that. It's, it's They're trying to keep it, I guess, as original to the actual story of Mulan as they can. Okay. Now, however, they did have uh, an instrumental version of, um, oh, my God, Reflections. Mm-hmm. That her her song that she sings when after she lets her whole family down or whatever, they had like an instrumental big version of it, uh, you know, for the symphonic big sound. And I'm like, that's fucking fantastic. Sound great. It sounds fucking fantastic. I'm like, they nailed that. Like, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna sing the song, which is fine, I'm not mad at them for it. I don't mind having like a little Easter egg, like a and, nod. Yeah, having a nod to it and like you know, kind of still having it there in spirit. And this just fucking nailed it and i'll show you after the podcast finishes but because it, it that was the moment of the trailer my wife was watching it and then i was like okay i mean i was kind of listening in the background i'm like, okay and then that came out i'm like holy shit i'm like now nah, i gotta watch it so can we get a be a man as the credit uh song that'd be that'd be <laughs> awesome sure, huh? for i think sure. that's my favorite milan song just off the top of my it's, head it's pretty good it's really catchy. It's, it's, it's pretty good yeah so it actually looks really fucking cool this is like one of the first uh, you know, live at live action adaptations that I'm like fully on board with, and this is this looks very cool. So hopefully it doesn't disappoint, and uh, Mulan fucking delivers. Good stuff. Let's talk some gaming. So we got some Assassin's Creed news. What is Ragnarok? So this is actually the next uh, project. Finally, they have announced what they're going to be doing next. Assassin's Creed Ragnarok, which means it's going to be taking place in the Nordic. So we're region. gonna get a God of War knockoff. Sure, maybe I don't know. I, I dig the whole Viking lore. Yeah. And uh, did you see anything from Odyssey and how wild it was? No. No, it, it, they, it is nothing like Assassin's Creed 1, 2, 3, or Brotherhood. It is nothing like that. It, they turned it into like an RPG, like this whole okay. like, mission-based Is that numbers. a good thing or a bad thing? Um, I, I couldn't tell you, dude. I, I fell off the bandwagon after probably, honestly, like three. Three. Yeah. Three, yeah, three was, was the one. Because I, I like loved, loved the first one. I mm-hmm. loved it. It was one of my favorite games. Um, two was cool. Uh-huh. I wasn't crazy, crazy about it. I like three, but this is when it starts to get like, yeah, you know what I mean? I, I actually felt the inverse about one and two. One was kind of like, meh, it felt like super repetitive, but two, it was one of the first games. No, it was the first game I owned on my 
360 hmm. and I played it and my dad was watching it and he was having a fucking blast because really? it looked like a movie uh-huh. and I was just plowing through this and that and and yeah dude like by the time three rolled around and I saw that they were like cranking one out every year and then you know Ezio's storyline is wrapped up I'm like I, I just can't do this anymore man yeah for sure like I don't give a shit about these guys anymore for sure I agree uh, but this looks is an interesting take Ragnarok based around the Nordic mythologies I mean I guess maybe they might have sell, saw how well the God of War sold, which I don't blame them, <laughs> you know. Uh, I think they were going to hit it eventually. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's probably just the timing thing. That's one. And obviously the Japanese one has got to be coming down the pipeline at you, some point, right? You know, I, I think that honestly, I think that they were probably thinking about doing a Ragnarok uh, instead of Odyssey. But they saw that God of War was announced. Like, and they were yeah. like, we're not going to we're not going to fight for this. Yeah, well, we'll give us some time. Definitely. It's going to dip into our audience. Yeah, you for know sure. what I mean, so for I think sure. that was the mentality. But yeah, the Japanese one. I would imagine, or like the like the Asian culture one, just in general. Yeah. Do we have like a South American one yet, or an African one yet? Didn't we have one in Egypt? Yeah, the Egypt yeah. is Odyssey, yeah. right? Um, no, I thought Odyssey was Greek. Greek. Well, we did have an Egypt one. I can't remember what the fuck that one's called. He's gonna look it up. I know exactly what you're talking about, though. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. But yeah, so there's a couple of other cultures we gotta hit. Mm-hmm. Can we get an Australian one? Why he just tacks some fucking big gigantic spider? The yeah, whole time? yeah, that's the final boss, a big fucking spider. <laughs> um, so in addition to Ragnarok, we are getting Origins. Assassin's, Origins. There we go. We're getting Assassin's Creed Black Flag on the Nintendo Switch. Yay, dude! That thing is a fucking port machine. Yes, it, it is. is unstoppable right now. <laughs> Good hey, stuff. Black Flag. Yeah, Black Flag was the one. I'm like, ah, I'm not getting it. That was the first one that I'm like, I'm not getting it. I, you know, and it's it's unfortunate because I heard it was fucking awesome. Too. I'm sure it was. I heard the yeah, I heard the bow combat was fucking lit. <laughs> but just for me, I'm just like, ah, I'm not getting it. Yeah, because I think that was just right at the turn of the new the new generation. And I'm like, eh, I think it's best left in the... I could take it. I could leave it. Yeah, I think this is best left in the previous generation. I don't think I've played one in the new one yet. Yeah, I haven't either yet. Interesting. Maybe Ragnarok will finally turn that bad boy around. Guess we'll have to wait and see. All right. So talk to me about uh, the dude that hangs upside down in a rubber bat suit. I'm not talking about my Saturday nights. (laughs) All right. So um, I guess Rock... I don't know if it's Rocksteady. I don't know if it's Warner Brothers Montreal. But apparently, I think it's Montreal. I think because uh, they don't, nobody knows what Rocksteady is doing. They've been real quiet for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting. You know, uh, you remember when we had that talk where I, I was saying they're doing that Harry Potter game? Yeah. Where the fuck is it? Can we have it? I don't know. I don't even know if they're working on it, man. That was just a rumor. I really want it, though. Court of Owls. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So they're coming out with the new Batman game. It's going to be, you know, talk about the Court of Owls, which personally, one of my favorite storylines in Batman history uh, and they're going to be diving deeply on that and kind of give it the Arkham style, I guess, of, of gameplay. You know, it's funny. I brought this rumor up two months ago, and now it's coming to fruition. Hey, man, this podcast is known for that. This is what we do. We predict things. We predict things, absolutely. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. We'll see what happens. Uh, I think I said, I think Warner Brothers Montreal is behind it. And, uh, yeah. You know, it's amazing to me how well the Arkham games did, not only as superhero games, but as, like, video games as a whole. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that comes to mind is obviously, like, the Scarecrow sequence, like the Mr. Freeze fight where you got to use literally everything at your fucking disposal. You can't do the same thing twice because he he won't let you learn. Yeah. Um, And it just really, like, amazes me how well done those games are as a whole. Especially, like, Arkham City. Like, that was fucking phenomenal. With uh, Calendar Man and everything. Mm-hmm. And all. There's just so much goodie packed into it. Mm-hmm. And I hope that this sets like the precedent and the template of what you should aspire your superhero game to be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, especially one with that, this kind of style. I mean, uh, 
because we all know Spider-Man was like really, really good. So, um, you know, I guess these games are starting to come up. I remember there was an era in like the late. 90s early 2000s what if it was a superhero game you wanted to stay as far away from it as you could superman 64 oh god um the only fun fact the only superhero game that i like truly enjoyed from that era and it was maybe even like mid 2000s it was probably like right past it it was ultimate spider-man that had like that cell shaded style and everything yeah -hmm. Yeah, that was tight but that was like the only one i can recall even like the Spider-Man movie tie-ins weren't like god awful, like the ones the Tobey Maguire, the Topher Grace ones, according to Gabe. The Tobey <laughs> to, to, Maguire one, especially the first one, that was, that was yeah, they weren't bad. They but weren't fuck they're awful. Nowhere near as good as what Arkham brought to. This is true. You Arkham, know what I mean, Arkham changed the game on that, and uh, hopefully they'll be able to do a little bit of that magic again because I like the Arkham series; it was a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get a little bit more of that moving forward. Good stuff. Alrighty, so. I guess leagues have dropped uh, Gabe's potentially potentially Gabe's game of the year uh, and and its sequel, uh, Resident Evil Three with Nemesis with Nemesis and they looks like they redesigned Nemesis a little bit. Yeah, uh, they gave him a nose or they got rid of the nose. They gave him a nose. They gave him a nose. They there gave him a nose. Yeah, and uh, some f- I guess screenshots I guess from the game and some design choices that they've made with some of the characters Miguel and can't. Jane, Jan, Jane, whatever the fuck. Something. Yeah, I guess I'm bad at this, I guess. Um, they showed some of that, and again, they showed us Nemesis. What do you think? Uh, I think it looks great, and I think 3 is a good title to remake, seeing as how well 2 did. Yep. You know I love 2, and I highly recommend everybody pick it up. And But here's this thought that came across my mind when you said Resident Evil 3 Nemesis remake. The controversial one is going to be 4, because 4 redefined the series as much as 1 and 2 did. So if they do remake a four, they're kind of like in this awkward position where, you know, they're one inch deep inside their mom and their dad's one inch deep inside of them. And it's do you back out or do you go forward to like wiggle free? You know what I mean? Because it's like how much of the game do you remake while still being faithful to the material? What did you just say? (laughs) Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, like there's going to be fans that are like you did nothing but like put like an HD patch on it. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? But then there's also going to be fans that are like, dude, this isn't Resident Evil 4. What the fuck is this trash? True. Also true. Um, Yeah, I think that's going to be kind of an interesting line. I mean, because that's next. Well, Nemesis is next, but that's next on the sites, on the scopes. Can we just skip 4 and 5 and just try to do 6 all over again? Maybe pretend like it didn't exist? Hmm. Maybe let's try and do some of those weird side games again, man. Maybe try and fix some of those Like up. Raccoon City or whatever. The yeah. Fuck. Or some of those online ones where you'd get together with your buddies and kill zombies online. I think this I think this is where if if the, you ask me to draw a line. That's where? The three is the line. Three is the line. You do not go in any further. I mean, what have they what did they do with one? Did they redo one? Uh I think there was an H D collection. Yeah, but that's not the same. Uh, yeah, I don't think they redid it the same way they like redid two. Because it because it's almost like a revisioning, like these two the, you know, the remake yeah. of two and three. It's it's honestly it's a modernization. Yeah. There's like no way around it. Yeah, for sure. So I'm wondering why why not try to go to one? You can't. You can't do four, because I agree. Four completely changed how we view the series. How we view horror as a genre, period. Yeah, absolutely. And five and, was kind of a de- deviation of that because it was more a little bit more action-y. But it was still fun. It was still a blast. It was still fun, and I think people still look pretty fondly on five, right? Am I the only one that looks fondly? No, on five, five was great. I had a blast. Okay, it was it, probably my favorite co-op experience in a Resident Evil game. Yeah, that's pretty true. And six, I know, was a flop. People did not like six very much. So, like I said, once we get done with three, can we just go back to six and maybe work that out a little bit? Yeah, interesting things coming for Resident Evil series. And I, and I remember when six was coming out. 
it was like, oh my god, we're getting everybody in one game. Like this is all we've ever wanted. We get Chris, we get Leon, we get all these people, Claire, all in one game, and it's going to be the greatest thing ever. And it just wasn't. It's weird. I, it, you know, there's a lot of issues with that game, but uh, I'm making like lightning edits as we speak. But yeah, you are. <laughs> it wasn't faithful to what Resident Evil said, and it. I think we're in this interesting position where I feel like Resident Evil is kind of back on top as the king of horror especially after that two remake mm. and now you know i'm sure the three remake will be probably of close quality sure um and yeah now the question is where the fuck do you go from there once you're back on top because yeah, you had this you fucking fall from grace you climbed your way back up and now what yeah now what mistakes do you avoid yeah especially when it comes to maybe moving forward potentially with something new like resident evil 8 yeah. or I don't know, man. Like I said, give me some some sideline stories. Give me like a whole like Leon coming of age story where like his dad gets eaten by a zombie. You know? Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. No, I don't know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, don't do that. But uh, yeah, let's just wait a bit before we start remaking four because that's going to piss some people off. For sure. All right, Gabe. All right. So uh, Halo Reach, or I should say the Master Chief Collection came out on PC um, and they're doing them sequentially. So Halo Reach being the prequel is the first one available for download. Then Halo 1, 2, 3, 3 ODST, and then 4. Okay. Uh, first of all, I want to say a phenomenal price point, $40 for these six games. Can't beat that. Okay. Secondly, this is a awesome, awesome, awesome port. It plays phenomenally. I put some time in on it. Buttery smooth. Um, everything is like I remember it. And when that um, opening title came on and like the angelic choir came up, I like teared up a little bit. I was like, dude, we are home, and this feels great. And Chewy, we're home. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say about it because I could spend all day ranting and raving about Halo, but um, probably the best moves Microsoft has made so far, and I'm I'm totally behind it. I can't wait to start playing the story again because we've just been fucking around on multiplayer. Fair enough. Uh oh, Alessandra's upset. Uh oh. So I got the next topic as well. Sure. Um, so Kojima Productions, after releasing uh, Death Stranded, it's already slipping my mind. It's Death only Stranding. been a month. Stranding. Okay. <laughs> And after, Currently, not plural, or past tense. Okay, so Kojima uh-huh. did PT, right? Uh-huh. He did MSG, right? Mm-hmm. And then DS, Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. And now there's talks about Kojima Productions maybe doing movies, maybe doing horror movies. What do you think about that? I think it's an interesting... Doing horror movies? Yeah. Well, half his shit is fucking a, sh- a horror show, so <laughs> <laughs> in a good way. You have this shit like, what? What? What do you mean? I'm so confused. <laughs> like <laughs> that happened a lot. It happens a lot. In I games. think that the translation from a video game interactive medium to a uh, film kind of receptive passive medium might be a tough thing to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the dude is incredibly creative, so I'm sure he has some fucked up ideas in the back of his little crazy head. Did you but. hear the crazy fucking? Okay, first of all, did you play PT? Uh, no. Did you hear some of the wild fucking ideas that were tossed around for there? No. There was some ideas. There, somebody found like a document, right? And I can't verify the validity of this. But one of the things on there was that when you sign up for PT and you download it, you like agree to like this like consent waiver, right? And then it uses your PSN email, right? And then when you're playing through the game at a certain point, you'll get an email from the game. And that's supposed to... Dude, how fucking terrifying is that <laughs> shit? You'll get an email from some character in the game about what you need to do. How fucked up is that, dude? I, I like I like read that and I was like, I would I think I would shit my pants. <laughs> yeah. What kind of 40 
fucking experience is that? I mean, it's not one I want to have. If <laughs> if anybody in gaming is trying to transcend gaming, it's Kojima. It's Kojima. It's yeah. Kojima. Yeah. Um. So I'm with it. I'll give him a shot. I'll watch a couple movies. Hopefully they're not totally trash, and hopefully they don't totally confuse me like his games do. In a good way though, where it makes me like want to understand it more. But uh, I'm not. I'm not against that. I think that's something I'd be into, Gabe. I, I think that his movies would probably be right up our alleys, I'd imagine. Yeah. My only complaint is that I, I watched The Irishman, and that was three and a half hours, and that felt like three and a half hours. You oh, know really? What I mean? Okay. And that was a slog, and I feel like Kojima would be like, four hours, 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, dude. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, how like his cuts, you don't know how, how, how long his total cutscenes were. Dude, what, what's uh, off of Phantom Pain? It was like 21 hours of cutscenes or something? Yeah, but in fucking, yeah, and uh, what's going call it? And the game before it, uh, Guns of the Patriots, it was 16 hours, and that was on the Jesus. previous gen. Jesus. Yeah, 16 hours of total cutscene. It's just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, dude. I mean, he, he's got a vision, and he's got ideas. I'm okay with that. I'll give it a shot. I think it's good, man. When Manson went into painting, people were like, what? But he's not a bad painter. I think it's just simply getting your art out there. For sure. And uh, speaking about surprise birthday things in Metal Gear Solid 5, um, PlayStation celebrates 25 years, yep. and it's officially the best-selling home entertainment console. Um, it deserves it throughout all the four generations. Correct. Um, it's crazy because uh, I know you grew up with a 64, and then you went into a PS2, mm-hmm. and I kind of grew up with a PlayStation 1. I, I think uh, when was the end of that life cycle? Ninety. So I was right nine? at the tailspin of that life cycle, but mm-hmm. I cherished that fucking console like it was like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I think that's wild. Just looking back at how many years the PlayStation has spanned, how many people it's affected and touched in like meaning ways, meaningful ways. And I mean, thank you, Sony, for yeah. like the hours and hours of fucking entertainment. Yeah. So um, this brought up a subject, and I don't know if this is something that we'd have to carry over to next week. Uh, but basically, I wanted to go through. What you thought, because I think uh, Sony did a write-up on this, and I thought that was interesting. What is the best game per console for the last four consoles? Like, if you had to pick one game from every console from the last four, which four would you pick? Going backwards, top-down, PlayStation 4 would probably be God of War. Mm-hmm. PlayStation 3 would be The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where it gets fuzzy. And then PlayStation 2 gets really weird, because that has the largest video game library ever. Period. There's yeah. like a lot of things you could throw out there. You could put Chrono Trigger, Time Splitters, um, fucking Legend of Dragoon, Shadow of Classes. Shadow. Oh man, what the fuck? Um, you could honestly put maybe one or two of the Kill Zones on there. MSG three. Yeah. Snake Eater is probably one of the best ones. Yeah, man, that's rough. I think the hardest part, in addition to picking one, would trying to be unbiased about it. Yeah. Because if we talk PlayStation One, I'm sure. You or I would be would nominate one of the pro skaters, right? One of them. Actually, I, but if I, if you had me pick one from the PlayStation One, it'd be MSG, Metal Gear Solid. Interesting choice. But there's like, yeah, man, there's MGS. like so many things. MGS. I'm I'm so bad at MGS. MGS and then Final Fantasy Seven was on the Seven. PlayStation One. And Eight. Jesus Christ! And there's like <laughs> like hidden gems like Star Gladiator. Mm-hmm. Um, on the two fucking Final Fantasy Ten. Jesus. And there's like so many games that I can't even remember the name of. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're growing up with this shit, you remember your favorite ones. You don't remember all the stack. Yeah. So, yeah, it's hard. I think four and three. Was Grand Theft Auto 3 only on the PlayStation 2? Or was that multi-multi? Which one was three? Was it subtitle? It's just Grand Theft Auto 3. 
I've, dude, I have no idea. I think that might have been on the PS2. There you go, right? <laughs> it's hard. Like it's hard to it's hard San to Andreas. San Andreas, but again, that wasn't exclusive though. Yeah, that's true. If we're talking about exclusivity, then yeah, there's some there's some fucking thoughts to be thrown around in there. So like, I think you and I, you and I line up for four and three for the four and the three. Obviously. I mean, those are easy choices because that's in the past ten years. Yeah, for sure. Um, but again, the hard problem problem would be two. Two would be the hardest to pick. Like easily the hardest to pick. It do it, the the equivalent is like trying to pick like the best post hardcore album from like 2008 to 2014. Like there's just so much in there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got to sort through a lot. Yeah. And if we talk best post hardcore albums in the past five years, easy. Mm-hmm. We could probably narrow it down to three. Mm-hmm. But like those golden years, dude. Mm-mm. Yeah. Too, too much. Yeah, it's gonna. It's a little. It's a little hard. So obviously, like I said, mine is uh, Metal Gear Solid for the PlayStation One, three, The Last of Us, and it was gonna be if The Last of Us never came out, it would have been Metal Gear Solid Four, <laughs> and obviously uh, God of War for the PlayStation Four. But two, two is hard. Yeah, two is real fuck. Tekken, Tekken Tag, Tekken Three. There's like, a lot of Tekkens you got to sort through. Yeah. Mortal Kombat Armageddon. Yeah, said nobody ever. Yeah, true, 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 true. <laughs> Yeah, so I wouldn't even put that in the top five Mortal Kombat games. <laughs> so we're not gonna get into that. But um, so yeah, like I don't know if that's something you want to maybe if they put thought into it and maybe have an answer next week on your PlayStation Two game that you would select as PS One and PS Two. Yeah, I, I still gotta pick my that one. you would select. Huh. Yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. As the best game, period, outside of genre, you know, the best game for the one and the two, and uh, I would have to put some thought into the two as well because that I think. If you were to force me to um, pick the console that had the largest overall impact on my life, that it's, one, it's the PlayStation Two. Yeah, it has changed my life. Well, so. largest impact even in physical means, like I said, largest library of yeah, any console for sure. And again, I'm the not. The last game for the PlayStation Two was made in 2012. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's fucking absurd. It's stupid. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's something that we'd have to look back on. Time Splitters, the first one was was exclusive, so. And I'm sure there's a bunch of shit we're like glossing over too. Absolutely. Like the Spyro games, mm-hmm. Crash Bandicoot. Bandicoot. Yeah. Oh. Jack and Dex. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because like it was like because even played the fuck out of those games. Even three was hard because I'm like, man, Uncharted, like Uncharted one, Uncharted two, it's like fuck, and Uncharted four, three and four, it's like fuck. I don't yeah. know how do you, how do you select one? It's so hard. Yeah. Anyway, Cor- sorry. So, congrats on 25 years, Sony. Uh, absolutely. Um, we'll, we'll come back to with our, well, let's do a top three per console. I think that'd we be a little do, bit more fun. That would be fun. We could do that. There's some more wiggle room there. Absolutely. Um, so we are back at it with podcast games and the strange soda review. What are, is your guess? You took one stab at it. Pecan pie, which is not it. You got two more. Uh, I can't shake it. Uh, shake, 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 shake. Oh God. Stop. You got to feel it, man. Mm-hmm. You got to feel Cause it. Cause I finished it. Yeah. I'd finished mine too. Actually, no, I didn't. Uh-oh, he's got some more, ladies and gentlemen. He's sipping. He's glugging. He's making a face. And Is he's it like thinking. caramel? Mm. Butters- no, not butterscotch. No, not caramel nor butterscotch. It is. I'll, I'll tell you this. Okay. I don't think it tastes like what it's supposed to or what it was marketed as. How the fuck am I supposed to <laughs> guess? <laughs> How am I supposed to guess it then? Um, I don't know. Your opinion might change. I'm getting like way too sweet notes to, for it to be what it's supposed to be. So it wasn't butter pecan. It's not caramel or butterscotch. No. How about this? It can be 
something sweet, but it could also be something bitter. He's thinking. He's thinking. And this is, the way this is presented is definitely on the sweet side. Like, without a doubt. Because I got no bitter notes out of that one. He's thinking. He's thinking. I'm trying to just get my this thing off my palate. <laughs> I don't know, man. It is coffee-flavored soda. I didn't get the coffee. I you know, I would have probably agreed with maybe the caramelly butterscotch. Um, but yeah, I didn't get coffee. Maybe because I just drink my stuff black and I don't, you know what I mean? I like the, like the coffee notes and not like the notes of the sugar or, you know what I mean? It's still like, yeah, I, I don't think. It, it was a weird one. I don't think it was a good contender. I, I don't, I don't drink coffee, but I don't get any coffee. I get like a nutty, like a nuttiness to it. I, I was hoping it'd smell more like coffee and I, I was kind of hoping for that as opposed to it tasting like it. But we, I didn't even, your wife said she smelled coffee. I didn't. Hmm. I did not. Interesting. Yeah. So interesting. Um, interesting soda. How does this stack against the uh, the hot wings one? Hot bet, wings at the bottom. It's better. It's better than the hot wings because I couldn't even finish the hot wings. Hot one. wings at the bottom. This then we got this in the middle. And then there's like a forty five layers of crap. And then there's the lemon ring. Yeah, because lemon ring just shat. Do we try out. anything else, or was it just the three the, of those? These three. Yeah. These okay. Because I did buy a ranch flavored one for my buddy. Don't you dare bring that <laughs> over. Don't you dare. He, he took a sip and he went. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like that one. But yeah, yeah man, no hopefully, kidding. Hopefully, I could just get like a four pack of randos and we could just go at it sometimes. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe we could do beer reviews. Yeah, okay. I'd be cool with that. Good stuff. Let's talk music news and reviews. So sure. we got a retro review of We Came As Romans. Uh, so we're doing this because it's been 10, 10 years. years. Wow. Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. And they're doing the tour. Okay. So how do we start this off? You want to start off? You want me to start off? You start off. Okay. So I want to say that I was never the biggest We Came As Roman fans. And their music always kind of blended into the background noise or the background bands for me. Uh, which is kind of a travesty, honestly, because I think that they would, in my opinion, lead the pack of the bands that kind of blended in, in my opinion. They were the alpha of the betas, if that makes sense. That makes sense. And in, in my personal opinion. And listening to to Plant a Seed, um, re-listening to it, because it wasn't my first rodeo, it kind of amazes me how not only they've grown as a band, but um, I guess the general audience of the metalcore hot topic community has moved forward as a community because mm-hmm. listening to, to plant a seed, there is way too much clean for me. And there is like, don't get me wrong. He has a fucking great voice, but dude, like, you know what I mean? Like the, what people want from we came as Romans is the great production, which this album has and the dirty, grimy screaming pseudo breakdown shit. Pseudo breakdowns. Pseudo breakdowns, right? And so my thing was that I thought it was wild that this came out in 2009, a time where people were talking mad shit about bands like Attack Attack, but this album so very clearly takes notes. Not in everything. It's not a Crabcore album, but there's definitely smidges and influences and hints strung about throughout it. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I thought the album was okay mm-hmm. on a 10-year re-listen. I don't think it aged terribly, but I don't think it aged gracefully either. I think it's in this weird kind of time capsule where if you wanted to show somebody what 2009-ish sounded like, this would probably be maybe in the first five-ish albums, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably right up there with like a Chiodo's Bone Palace Ballet. I-, I think that was a bit later, wasn't it? 
Oh, it's a little about the same time. About the same time. Maybe earlier, even 2007, 2008, probably. But yeah, I, I think that would be like right around the same time period of like, hey man, like what did music sound like? What what did the metalcore community sound like when you were 13? Mm-hmm. And I think that this album would probably place in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see myself coming back to this album anytime soon, honestly. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I said, it's in this weird floating time space where it perfectly captures what it felt like to get neon cartoon monster merch. <laughs> But it's not something that I would personally rebuy, mm-hmm. re-listen, or consistently bump throughout my years. For sure. What did you think? All right. So uh, I was a big fan of this album when it dropped because uh, I was like there when it came out. And they were like one of those bands that I put immediate stock into um, because I thought that they had a big future. Uh, after go- looking back, I will say that I basically agree with you on most of your sentiments. Uh I don't like the production. Sure, that's fair. Big shock. Take a guess who did it. Um. Oh, is it uh? What's his face? Oh boy, that you hate. Uh, Sturgis. Correct. Yes. Um. <laughs> uh, sounds like exactly like Joey Sturgis production, to me. I think the parts. To, that are- to be fair, this was probably before it was like overly saturated, like that style. This it started. Yeah. It, this yeah. this was like the start of it for sure. Um. And to me, it's um. Like I said, I enjoyed it at the time. Looking back, I'm like, if it came out now, I would probably shit all over it, um, be just because it's too clean. There's, there's not, uh, there's not a balance. It's very heavily catered towards. Um, I feel like they were trying to do what a data member captured, where a data member has a good balance and they know when to incorporate left and right. For whereas sure. we came as Romans, they're like, we got a guy that can sing. Yeah. Let's put him up front. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah and to, like i was a big fan of them but it's just for some reason for me maybe as i'm gotten older it just just it just disconnects you know i just i don't sure i don't feel attached to it anymore uh to me the problem of the band was always kyle he was never an exceptional vocalist he was never a pretty vocalist he was even worse live which is part of the reason why i stopped kind of following them sure because i saw them live one time and i'm like what the fuck was that and i never want to see that alive again and I don't think I have actually. Now I think about it, it was the last time you saw him. Two thousand twelve, or whatever Warped Tour that was. Yeah, that they played. Um, and I'm just like I was not impressed about. It. And then meanwhile, the Architects are playing on another stage. I'm like, ah, I'm gonna go over there. You know what I mean? <laughs> that way. Yeah, I'm gonna go over there. And um, so to me, it's just uh, it falls flat in a, in a lot of ways. I just wish that there was a, a level of let's not fucking make it sound perfect. Let's make it sound like a band is actually playing it and that we're not throwing our instruments through a computer. It was a little bit too cleaned up. Yeah. It's like when you know you have like a corporate visit and everybody is like on their best behavior. Yeah, and you know that people are not, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, people don't behave like that absolutely, normally. Absolutely. And that's kind of what, that's kind of the vibe I get from it. It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't impress me at all anymore. Now, the, the shining star of this band was and always will be Dave, the screaming vocalist, because he's a fucking beast and he's always been really, really good and I have liked like anything that's more centric to him. Um, and as I'm glad that the cleanness of it all is something that they got away from. Um, and I mean, it's nothing to do with the clean vocals. It's just the production. It's just, I don't like it. And again, it's very, very that time period. And I don't like it. Sure. Um, did you, uh, did you at least hear the, uh, like the crab core influences yes. that, I, um, that I mentioned? This was an era, uh, where bands like abandoned all hope or abandoned ships, all ships, they did it well though. That, huh? <laughs> Abandon all ships did it well though. Yeah. No, 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 no about that. Um 
attack, attack. I see stars. Broken like, side. Well, not 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 so much that, but just like the the electronic core style. Smell cowboy. You know, everything. Everybody thinks attack, attack, pioneer crab core, but. We all know it was Eskimo Cowboy. Anyway, uh, and that was just that was a very popular sound at the time to because you know to, to both hate on and love yeah. ironically because like Skrillex was like hitting his stride around this time period, so everybody wanted a little wubs and dubs in their in their music and thought that it made them sound cool. Uh, and it hasn't aged very well, just like Skrillex stuff hasn't aged particularly well either. You know what I mean? So um, same deal. Um, I. I I, there's a reason why I don't go back to it anymore. There's a reason why that that, that era of my life is over with, and I, I look more forward to what they're doing now than more. Yeah, their so. 2015 release was actually really good. Yeah, which album name fucking eludes me. 2015. That's it the, was the one with the with the dude and the head, and he's like in the meditative pose. Do you know what I'm talking about? Hold on. Hold we're, we're both on. looking it up now. We came as Romans because they kind of like I said they fell off. Oh, it was this. It was the self-titled. We came as Romans. They had a self-titled. <laughs> yeah, we came as Romans by We Came as Romans. Really? They have a self-titled? I didn't know that. Um, yeah, the 2015 release. I actually kind of quite enjoyed that. And oh, okay. And uh, the last album, uh, Cold Like War, wasn't too bad either. Yeah. They, you know, I don't know. I think this is a band that perhaps hit their stride really early. And then they, def- got, they definitely then they got tired out towards the end of the race. They and de- I think yeah. that in a day and age where, I don't know, bands that have been doing this for 20, 30 years, Slipknot, Every Time I Die, um, you know, some of the fucking favorites on this show mm-hmm. have more personality now than ever. Yeah. We came as Romans are struggling in that department because they're still kind of blending into the background. Well, I think the next album is going to give them a chance because obviously Kyle passed away. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to kind of give them the opportunity to shed. And I get it. I know it's horrible to say. I've said this multiple times, but the shed kind of a weakness. Yeah. Of them, of their, of theirs, and um, there were songs. Like I said, the last album, Cold Like War, where I'm like, if they they sounded more like this, as opposed to only doing it half the time, that I wouldn't enjoy them a lot more. And uh, maybe they'll be able to explore that because they had two singles come out not too long ago that you and I both. Yeah, we both enjoyed, enjoyed. Both enjoyed them. One more than other, but we enjoyed it. You know what I mean? And um, you know, we'll see what happens moving forward with them. Um, like I said, because they. They they were they sprouted up. I I I equivalent them to like Motionless and White, who was also coming up around the same time period. Where I was just like, one day I'm like, oh, this new band dropped a debut album. The next thing you know, they're headlining tours and shit. I was like, whoa, where did that come from? Yeah, but the difference is that Motionless and White still kind of held that that uh, hype. Maybe different fan base, but they're still headlining tours. Well, so are they. <laughs> I guess that's a good point. Yeah, yeah so as we came yeah. as Romans, but um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Good stuff. So I thought that was an interesting kind of, uh, I don't want to say underappreciated album, but I think that was something that... We haven't looked at in a while. Yeah. And I'd like to see maybe what else we can strew up from those days. We can do a deep dive on something else if you want. Yeah. Think about it. We'll We'll think think about it. Yeah. Good stuff. I did remember dropped a new song called... Resentment. Resentment. What'd you think? It's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's pretty fucking tight, huh? Yeah. Because I'm not the biggest Adidas Remember fan, but... um, I think they lend themselves well to like kind of a radio kind of song. Sure. And uh, nothing wrong with that if it pays the bills. Absolutely. And uh, they're always been kind of pop adjacent anyways. So mm-hmm. like I'm not mad at them for doing something that maybe sounds a little bit more radio friendly and it still packs a punch. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, good job on them. I've been getting into them a little bit recently because they're always a band, not the, a band that I disliked, but a band that I never really liked their fan base because 
their fan base was always um, the frat boy who says that I was stupid because I listened to a, a style of music, but they're like next door neighbors to like, you know what I mean? Like the dumb yeah. frat boy who makes fun of me for liking hardcore music likes a day to remember because and four years strong and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Now I like four years strong. I always kind of put them in a level below of that because I don't really understand the whole frat boy thing with them. The more lumberjacky. Sure. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, day to remember is like all, the, the, again, the, it's the, a mixed bag. Yeah, the, the cheerleader in high school likes data remember and shit like that. It's just like, ah. it, it, I mean, it's what happens when your music is so accessible, honestly. For You're sure. going to draw shit, people. Absolutely. So to me, I always kind of associated that them with that, which isn't exactly their fault. Uh, so I've been getting to them a little bit recently, and I do enjoy some songs. They're definitely stuff that I don't feel um, you know, throughout, but um, for the most part, I, I enjoy them. I like Four Year Strong better. I always say Four Year Strong is better, but whatever. Um, and this, yeah, but this is a good song. Um, they should be proud of it. And uh, yeah, it's good, good stuff. stuff. Great American Ghost, the band that w- I've been paying very close attention to, uh, dropped a single called Prison of Hate. Did you listen to it? Yes, I did. Oh, lolly, lolly, low. What do you think? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I felt like listening to it. <laughs> Somebody get the defibs. Yeah, shit. Yeah, because that was that was nuts. That was wild. Uh, I think very angry, very fast. Because uh, they're more of a. I don't want to say slower. Okay, well, here's my thing, because here's the thing that kind of distinguished this, right? I It came on, and I was like, who is this? This is really good. And I was like, Great American Ghost. And I think that the Great American Ghost, with their last album, Hatred Stems from the Seed, um, they did a very good Boston hardcore sound where it was slower. Um, this kind of... Mm, I don't even know where to, where to go with that. It was a very like slower-paced hardcore that would pick up, whereas this feels like very in your facey like metalcore like it feels like if you took sanction-esque noise and then condensed it to what a great american ghost wanted to do you know what i mean sure. it felt very in your facey and this is a good mashi song in your facey yeah in your facey and mashi love it man yeah. i think it's a good single i <laughs> yeah. think they did a great job and i'm gonna have a great fucking musical year in I 2020 like, i like the album art too the album art was pretty cool again so I'm with it. Good stuff. Sign I got a up. shirt and an album on the way because I pre-ordered that shit, baby. Yeah. No pre-orders, Gabe. No pre-orders, no. <laughs> but they're not under EA. <laughs> <laughs> Bastard. All right. Uh, moving along. So apparently Rockstar Mayhem Festival is going to be making a return. How long has it been? Five years? Something like that, yeah. Uh, for those who may not be in the know, this is more of the metal adjacent. to like Riot Fest. Yeah, heavier than that because I always associate Riot, Riot Fest with punk that's just me sure but um, this was a tour that was very popular they had, had like a four or five year run um, their first year had Slipknot and like Disturbed as Headliners which were big and stuff like that and by the end it kind of to me kind of lost a lot like it's way fizzled out yeah it lost its way it's fizzled out a little bit and apparently they're making a return Rockstar Mayhem was supposed to be returning in the summer of 2020 so I guess we'll have to wait and see what the lineup looks like because obviously the most important thing about a tour is always, lineup. it's always be the lineup uh, but I'm okay with that I think it's funny that Rockstar has abandoned their uh, energy drink though the, the last tour that they did this summer oh what the fuck was that called oh the one you went to go see what was that fucking called I have no idea disrupt. what it was called disrupt, disrupt. yeah that's yeah. kind of funny they, they I think they kind of abandoned that maybe I don't know maybe because the, they're going to be focusing on more metal stuff who knows maybe they'll do both both of them and disrupt will be more of the warp tour crowd and mayhem will be more of the metal. mayhem crowd yeah you know we we can adopt those slaughter fest kids because lord knows they need a home <laughs> <laughs> they haven't had a home in 20 years um yeah maybe i don't know i guess we'll have to wait and see it like i said the, the most important thing is the lineup 
And I guess we'll have to wait and see how that fills out. Maybe actually, let's see, let's see if I could get that pulled up real quick. And you know, you, you kind of mentioned it with disrupt, but like my whole thing is that if we can get that big band to play at like one in the afternoon, just so people don't Show start up. filing in yeah. until you know what I mean. I mean, there is that like rush when you have like a traditional tour around like the five, six, seven p.m. mark when just everybody files in, right? And you barely have any people for the openers. Correct. I think if we could course correct that and be like like hey slipknot is playing at like 2 30 in the afternoon like fucking be there all right, right. so the, the real quick the last mayhem festival actually this lineup isn't too bad slayer this is the main stage uh-huh. going down slayer diamond head hell yeah which you know do what you do with that what you will the divorce prada mm-hmm. main stage but the victory record stage which automatically makes me roll my eyes uh white chapel dyer's murder can't get too mad about that jungle rot Sister Sin, which makes me roll my eyes automatically. <laughs> Sworn in. Okay. Shattered Sun, Feeder to the Sharks, Code Orange. Interesting. And Kissing Candace, who I don't even know who the fuck that is. How long ago was this? 2015. Mm-hmm. That was the 2015. That was the last time they did it. The year prior, which this is when I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll pass. Uh, Avenged Sevenfold, Corn, Essing Alexandria, Trivium, Cannibal Corpse, Suicide Silence, Miss May I, Mushroom Head. Uh, King A10, Black Tide. So on and so on and so on. But yeah, I think lineup is important. And like I said, dude, we need to get something that just draws people to this all day thing again because I miss that. Yep, I agree. Um, It was a sore spot for me. Even if I did go to Disrupt, it just didn't didn't quite fill the same hole. Didn't fill the need. So um, we'll see what happens, I guess. Um, Like I said, lineup is crucial. I think if, like you said, if we can get a band playing relatively early, get people in, even if it's a bigger band playing on a side stage, just figure out something. You know what I mean? Maybe even get like a medium sized band to play like a little bit earlier. Yeah. Get somebody like Trivium to just start shredding at like four thirty. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think four thirty is reasonable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they don't require Trivium doesn't require the biggest stage ever, right? So no, but they still draw a crowd. Absolutely. And so. I think that's the important thing. Yeah. I mean. um, if I were to do it, I mean, I'd probably put like, like if you had me plan it, I'd probably put like fucking knock loose on it for sure. Code orange stays on. Th- uh, those two would be perfect for yeah. like a mid afternoon set, a- man. A- absolutely. And then blow it out with like Slipknot if you can get them to come. Come. I mean, they did it once. Why not do it again? Right. Uh, maybe like a Metallica. Huh. Oh, yeah. Get, good luck with that one. Get, get a Metallica playing like a band <laughs> or something like that. Like that would be fucking lit. You know? I don't know. Oh, so okay. Actually, that is coming up. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, that's that's something that we've talked about. Speaking of trends, because this is something that I was actually just about to bring up. Have you noticed the trend that bands are doing cruises? We've had a lot of cruises with bands recently. What cruise? Well, not fest at sea. That's happening. Sure. So that's playing. So that they got that going. And then I saw another one that had Coheed and Cambria taking back Sunday mm-hmm. and like all the other stuff. And there's a lot of these cruises. Going it's around. a thing. Yeah. Um, and I thought every time I die was cool for doing it, but it's a very big market. Yeah. And I don't know what a slipknot pit's going to look like at sea, <laughs> but it's not going to be fun. Yeah. Fuck it. It probably looked like the Bermuda Triangle or some shit like um, that. Um, I think that, I think a lot of these fans that kind of grew up on like slipknot, Coheed and Cambria are coming to this age where they have money. Yeah. And I think, I don't want to say bands are trying to capitalize on that. Like bands are always looking for like fun, new, interesting ways to draw people out to their shows, to their merch booths, shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I think a boat cruise is the way to go because you lock because you're locking them into your world for three uh, hours or whatever. Or, no, like these crews are going to like like days. 
Oh. These cruises are going like oh, I didn't know that. Like five to seven. They're days. like a real cruise. Yeah, like a cruise cruise. Like okay. they're not. We're not going on a boat tour around Chicago. No, we are fucking going to the Bahamas and coming back. Kind of shit. Damn, that's insane. So are they playing every fucking night or something? I think uh, the show. The show is actually three three days, three separate nights. Uh-huh. Uh huh. For the Slipknot one, at least, it's three separate nights. Uh, Slipknot heads their headlines every single night, which of course they will. Um, and. And then there's stops, like I said, in the Bahamas and things like that, where maybe you could do more cruise-like activities. Huh. Uh, so on Wednesday, we're drinking Mai Tais, and on Thursday, we're beating the fuck out of each other. Basically. Am yes. I understanding that correctly? You are correct, yeah. Nice. Damn, three <laughs> days of Slipknot headlining. They're probably going to cover like 80% of that discography. Yeah. You, you, better, you better believe that like all of Eyeless. You better believe Eyeless is coming out, because <laughs> that song has not came out in a while. Eyeless? Really? Yeah. I feel like they don't play that one anymore. Oh, so I was looking at Setless. Eyeless? Eyeless is the shit. Don't get me started. Dude, I lo- that's probably my number one yeah, Slipknot song. definitely up there, man. Yeah. I, <laughs> honestly, if it's not number one, I'd say it's top three. Hasn't left top three since that album came out, honestly. Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that. But. Yeah, I, I just feel like they haven't played that one in a very, very long time. You know what band I actually want to see now, though, because of this cruise thing, and it made me think about wanting to see them? I want to see a Cody and Cambria. Coheed and Cambria yeah. on, a, on a cruise or just like just in general, just in general, just in general. Yeah. They, I mean, they were around in Chicago in July with every time I die. And who yeah. was that? Mastodon. Mastodon. Yeah. That was probably a nice, crunchy, chunky show. Yeah. I probably should have went to that. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> we'll catch him again. It's not like Coheed's goes into hiding for like years at a time. This is very true. You know very I mean? true. Um, I don't think any of those bands really go like super long without touring. No, no way. No way. Yeah. So I'm going to. I have to try to add Cody and Cambria on the list because apparently they came out with an album last year. From what I heard, it was excellent. It was pretty fucking awesome. So I might have to do some research because I like them. I mean, um, I don't know. There's something about the style that I enjoy. They get kind of they got. There's this of, weird like artsiness to the guitar work that's absolutely. like just so intricate, like clockwork. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And they got like a wonderful like story. Like a, everything's a concept album to them, so it's yeah. all wrapped in this story. Well, Mastodon too. Everything's a fucking concept album. Really? Mastodon, yeah. I didn't know that. What, bro? Look, the four albums are literally the four elements. Really? Dude, go back and listen to Crack the uh, Sky, dude. I'll have to take, take a look at that, too. Oh, man. Maybe that's why they decided they wanted to tour together. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and then meanwhile, every time I die, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, so let's talk about uh, the Elder Statement. The Elder, elder Statement in, uh, in the scene. Let's talk about The Used. Yeah. Okay. So The Used dropped a track called Blow Me with uh, Jason Butler. Um, hmm. What'd you think? I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was fun. I thought the used kind of beckoned back to their former style, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like Taste of Ink days. Uh, yeah, maybe, I, a, maybe a little bird in the wormy. There you go. That's, that's um, closer. I dug it, and I think Jason's part was really good, and it really kind of, I don't want to say bugs me, but like I feel like he highlights this track really fucking well. He does. It actually had me convinced that if the used ever needs another vocalist, if Bert can't go anymore, they Jason. should... They should probably recruit Jason to be the full full time. And, and it's insane because we don't have a used fever split yet, or a used and pressure crack split yet, mm-hmm. or a used and I can't remember what his other band's name is split yet. Same other band. Uh, he has three like projects going on right now. He has fever, he has pressure, pressure cracks, cracks, and then yeah. there was one more that I, I think we covered briefly. Huh. But yeah, I I just think that I like I no I love this side of Jason Butler mm-hmm. and you know, clearly fever three through three is like his passion project Well, that shit just don't vibe with me. You know what I mean? I want to see this, like the emo. You know what you want? What do I want? You want let live is what you want. Motherfucker. 
<laughs> yeah, I want Let Live to come back. You caught me. <laughs> I'm guiding this to, to yeah, I Miss Let you, Live. You just want Let Live. That's all, that's all you want. Yeah. Just say it. It's okay. Speaking about bands I miss, you want to know what I've been bumping like all these t- past two weeks? What have you been bumping? To the wind. Oh, yeah? Dude. Just, how many times have you cried? Um, I don't know. <laughs> at least once in album rotation. <laughs> True. Oh, man. True. Yeah, I want Let Live to come back. I want The Bled to come back. And speaking about the blood, we for, totally forgot one thing. Did we talk about scary kids scaring kids? We talked about them last week. Oh, okay. Then we're good. Yeah. yeah we talked about them last week. But yeah, man, uh, this is a good song. I enjoyed it. And yeah, I agree. Uh, Let's just get a split. Like five songs, six songs. Jason, I think it'd be fun. Jason Butler fucking stole the show. Very typical of him. He's very, very good at stealing very the show. Very front Manny. Yeah. What would have thought? Interesting. I don't get the coffee taste game. I don't, I don't know. Man. I don't I don't get it either, man. But that's what it was labeled as. Can I'll, we get a Jason Butler on a Norma Jean track? Hello, hello, feature of the year. Quit talking craziness. Feature of the year. Quit talking craziness. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. No, and, and then the world shatters. <laughs> no, because we got Brendan Murphy as feature of the year. I don't give a fuck what you say. Yeah, it, that Brendan Murphy feature was great, though. It, it was pretty sick. So was that uh, Garrett Russell feature on Norma Jean album. So was the fucking Keith Butley feature. That was pretty. I'm knocked loose, yeah. We may have to fucking do add that to the list, feature Fe- of the year. Feature of the year. There's like too much to sort through, man. That's Well, that's a good conversation piece then. I Dude, I missed that. I feel like that was more more of a thing. Yeah, I'm glad it's coming back for sure. Because there's that absence, you know. Yeah, there was definitely because it was definitely a, a lot like in the early 2000s where there's a lot of mixture, and then people stopped. And now, like you said recently, even when if it was like Ice Nine Kills featuring the guys from Less Than Jake on that one song, it's like that's kind of cool. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, interesting. Now we got to now we got to get fucking uh, Spencer on a on a Less Than Jake song. Did you see um, that tour that they're on? Ice no, Nine what's Kills? what's the tour? They got a tour. They're actually doing stadiums. It's not their tour, but it's they're on a stadium tour. It is Ice Nine Kills, I Prevail, Papa Roach, and Five Finger Death Punch. Dude, Papa Roach, uh, I like rediscovered my love for that band recently. See them live. Yeah, great. Oh my god, it was so fucking good. Yeah, man. I remember I saw them at one of the Q and One things. I'm like the picnic or whatever. Yeah, Jamboree, Jamboree. And I'm like, and I'm sitting there because I, I like them, and, you know, especially liked them a lot more when I was a kid. But you know, whatever. So they played. I'm like. Like who the fuck told them that they could be this good live? Because like Seether, Seether was really fucking good live too. Yeah, Seether and Three Days Grace. I'm like, guys, who the fuck said? Guys, you guys are like ancient now. We yeah, gotta calm down. Because this was like in the era when I was like into like hardcore stuff and mm-hmm. already and, and things like that. And I'm like, because I think Hollywood Undead played and I wanted to see them live. So, and they had Flowbots. Flowbots was fucking phenomenal. Live yeah, I'd too. imagine Flowbots was great. And I'm like, who the fuck told these old fucking men that they could have a good rock show? What the fuck? You know what it is, man? It's probably those years and years and years of experience that they just have. Absolutely. Because at this point, if you're not good, you wouldn't be around anymore. You yeah. Know? That's, you know what I mean? That's a fucking testament right the, there. Yeah. I mean, uh, w- w- say what you want about the music, but live, these guys are just fucking fantastic. Bananas. Yeah. So. Um, good stuff. You got. What, what have you been listening to recently? What have I been jamming? Um, Hold on. Let me pull it up. I'm sure we've got something. I got something going right now. You got something. He's probably still listening to Sanction. No, actually. Um. Actually, I've, I've I've brought back Alisana a lot. Oh yeah, good stuff. Yeah, good uh, stuff. I, I had to clarify because I texted my wife. I'm like, I love Alisana. I'm like the band, not my daughter. I'm like, well, <laughs> I, I love, love the daughter too. I love my daughter too. <laughs> 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 I love my daughter too. But um, yeah, but this one, a lot of them, a lot of the emptiness, and also uh, where Myth Fade, the Legend, or whatever the album before, they're good, man. Good stuff. Oh, they're, they're supposed to be doing something. I got one last topic. Right, okay. I promise, I'm, I'm out. So, uh, you know, Spotify does their yearly wrap up, and they do a great fucking job. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I just think that's one thing they do better than Apple Music. I but agree. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. So I, I kind of shared a little snippet of what my stuff looked like. What do you think 
out of all of the music reviews I did, out of all the stuff, out of like how well you know me, what do you think landed on my top 2019 like playlist wrap up? As far as like albums? Singles, albums. There are two full albums. Every single song made it from these two albums into my top 2019. When the end began, Silent Planet? Ooh, there is. Uh, Yaburni is on here. Yeah, it's towards the end, though, towards the bottom. Hmm, he's thinking. Well, anything low teens off every time I die? I'm sure that's on there. Uh, there's a sprinkle of every time I die. Nothing crazy. We got some Earth, Wind, Fire on there, too. Because I've been bumping. <laughs> you know I love that shit. You do. Um, What else has Gabe been fond of in 20? There's some Attack Attack on here that I'm not too proud of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything knock loose on there? Uh, Yeah, I got... Uh, and then I wander south. Dead Ringer, too. I don't think Dead Ringer has left since it... <laughs> came since it came out yeah this is true oh the people's elbow <laughs> interesting some uh, vein vein okay yeah i totally forgot about those guys you're bigger on vein huh interesting. yeah uh so so the top one top two are both fever war songs really and then some dillinger yeah the entire fever war album made it on my top 2019 i shit you not dude i was like surprised then we got some callous Dowboys on here too i'm surprised that made it on here you should be ashamed of yourself dude. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and then Cal some great American ghosts and stuff like that. But um, yeah, my my artist of the decade was every time I die, no shock there. Big shock! Oh. Holy shit! Who would have thought? <laughs> right. Gabe like and every time I die. Well, it's funny because I think if well, actually no, never mind. Because I was gonna say I think if you didn't bring them up at the end, you would have gotten the first episode in like 120 episodes without bringing them up. But you brought, on, on today's episode, yeah. But you brought them up anyway because you had to use them as a reference point to being one of the OGs. Yeah, well, and then the boat show, and now the wrap up. Huh. See, see, like it's it's so like natural. It's like you, it's like somebody saying uh after a while, you just ignore it. It's like Gabe says every time I die, and it's just like oh, okay, <laughs> that's <laughs> good stuff. Gabe doing Gabe things, I guess. Interesting. Yeah, and this is the first year where every time I die isn't my artist of the year. They mm. are for the decade, but not for the. So year. Fever Wars the one for the year. Though? Yeah, that's wild. Mm. Like I like the album, but mm. like I guess I really like the album. <laughs> So uh, I I downloaded Titanfall too because it's the free game of the month. Yeah, it's pretty decent, huh? It's fun. It's, it's fast. Fun. It's yeah. really fucking fast. Um, I have, I don't even know what I'm doing. I just hopped straight into the multiplayer and I didn't even do a tutorial. I just said fucking I I, I play Call of Duty. I can figure this out. <laughs> no, it's a little it's bit more little, complex. It's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I'm having fun with it so far. Good stuff. What have I been playing? Mortal Kombat because Sundell. By the way, been playing a little bit Sundell. Saucy. I fucking love her design. Is fucking flawless, dude. She looks so fucking good. I just wish she didn't have the manly ass voice. Because <laughs> then we have that's else no to, woman. Because <laughs> we have something else to talk about, and then I have to lock the door a little bit more often in here. Anyway, uh, is that it? I think that was episode 142. I guess. Yeah, uh, we're, we're hoping, we're praying it's 142. Yeah, 142. Have we ever fucked up the episode count? I think we did once. We, right? We did. Um, but that's because there was like a long extended gap between one one and the other. So I think we might have jumped one. So this could be episode 141 for all I know. But So there's like a lost episode out there in theory. Or just one we never recorded. Well, one we didn't name correctly. And then it's just subsequently thrown off every single one. <laughs> other, other, yeah, other, other one after the fact. But yes, this is episode 142. Episode 142 of the Second City Kids podcast. We will see you here next week for 143, hopefully. And... Uh, <laughs> So we don't have another stacked agenda like that. Hmm. But yeah, uh, we'll see you guys next week. And until next time, deuces.
Thank you guys for joining us this week on the Second City Kids podcast. You can like us on iTunes, Google, anywhere else podcasts are found. Any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email us at secondcitykids at gmail.com. Until next week, folks, deuces. Deuces.